Heights Church of Clarksville on a Sunday. Man, I'm not used to being here on a Sunday because we're kind of busy doing something else, you know, down in Orlando, uh, running our church. But I want to say hello to my daughters that are watching. Hello, Maddie, Haley, Olivia, and Emma. I love you. And uh, hello to Faith Outreach Church. I hope that you guys had a great day. I know Rudy preached a good one, and I hope that you're watching and will share this broadcast. Yeah. So we are with our Faith Outreach Church family in Clarksville, Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just honored to be here. I'd, I, I'd, uh, I'd like to um, remind you, I did this in the first service, that when we started this church down in Clarksville, we linked up and joined, we replanted, I should say, the church in uh, uh, Orlando. Uh, the Lord gave me a word. I was reading the Bible and I saw this scripture and I really owned it. It talks about that God would give us wells that were dug that we would drink out of. Yes. The houses that were built by someone else that we would live in. That we would eat from olive trees and vineyards that we did not plant. Yes. And, and, and I look at what God's done. God's really blessed us. And it, and it says a lot about this church. And these are just not words. These, this is from our heart. Your pastors and this church, whether you're new here in the last five years or not, this church and these pastors, they have sowed a lot of blood, a lot of sweat, and a lot of tears, and a lot of prayers right here in Clarksville for the church down south in Florida. We're in that pulpit a large part because of their sacrifice and hard work. And I think you should let these two know that you love them and that they're great pastors by putting your hands together and giving them a shout. Thank you very much for believing in us. And, and what you said, both of you, but Pastor Ginger was taken to heart. Now we gotta, we're going to redeem the time because the present days are evil yes. and we've got a job to do. Yes. Yes, we do. The, the Lord revealed that in the time that we step in this pulpit, there will be challenges. Even though we might be drinking from wells we didn't dig and living in houses that we didn't plant and reaching a city that we didn't, we didn't build, There'll be challenges. There'll be days of adversity. Trouble's going to pop up, which is another reason that I'm here today. Not a, a large part is because of you, this church. That's one reason we're in that church down there. But another reason that we're still in that church, pastoring after 21 years this April 3rd, which will be the time you'll come down there and be with us, which is full circle. There's a mighty something going on. We're just putting the pieces of this together. Yes. But we, we started that church on our anniversary, April 3rd, yep. on Easter Sunday. We joined in. Yep. And they're coming down again to be with us on that cycle, yep. April 3rd, our anniversary. Yep. I'm just putting this together right now. Come on. It's amazing what God's doing. You're part of something that's bigger than we all realize right now. Yes. Yes. But something else I learned 21 years later, planning that church, is I didn't quit. That's it. On several occasions, the Lord reminded me, Alan, I am with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Yes. Yes. Amen. 
So I guess y'all stuck with me now. I'm not a World War II vet, and I want to honor all of our veterans in here that have served and or still serving this great country, and all our first responders and firefighters, police officers, those who serve in the hospitals, thank God for you. If you're a public high school teacher, if you are a homeschool teacher, if you're a private school teacher, thank God for you for stepping up and pouring your life into young people and being a voice when your voice is being shut down. Keep fighting. Keep standing in there. And keep following the call that God's put on your life. I'm not that World War II vet, so I can't sit here today and talk to you about how to be victorious in a bloody battlefield. I'm not a mastermind behind some great business that has provided a product that now reaches the world and services this great country. I, I, I can't tell you about that. I'm just a part of a small group of people that has stepped up to lead a global enterprise that has outlets in every country around the world. We've got hospitals, hospices, homeless shelters. We do justice work. We do reconciliation work. We have built shelters. We do, we've built orphanages. We help marriage and we provide guidance for couples. Basically, we look after people from birth to death. And I'm talking about, we're in behavioral modification. And I'm talking about the local church. That's what we're part of. And that's your church. We're part and connected to the greatest global enterprise that has ever been on the face of this planet. Aren't you glad that you're part of the local church? So I've learned a little something about being in the battlefield spiritually, fighting for humanity, advancing the cause of Christ and his kingdom. And I want to share a couple of those things with you today. Would that be okay? Uh, it's, called, it's called strategy for victory. Strategy for victory. Over the last 20 years of, 21 years of pastoring the church, I've learned something. You know, let's look at 1 Chronicles 14 and let's see what the Bible says. 1 Chronicles chapter 14, verse 1. Now Haram king of Tyr sent messengers to David along with cedar logs, stonemasons, and carpenters to build a palace for him. And David knew that the Lord had established him as king over Israel and that his kingdom had been highly exalted for the sake of his people Israel. In Jerusalem, let's move down to verse 8. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, they went up in full force to search for him. But David heard about it and went out to meet them. Now the Philistines had come and raided the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of God, Shall I go and attack the Philistines? Will you hand them over to me? And the Lord answered him, Go, and I will hand them over to you. And so David and his men went up to Belparazim, and there he defeated them. He said, As waters break out, God has broken out against my enemies by my hand. So that place was called Belparazim. The Philistines had abandoned their gods there, and David gave orders to burn them in the fire. And once more, the Philistines raided the valley. You know, sometimes the enemy just doesn't give up, does he? And so David inquired of God again, and God answered him. Do not go straight up, but circle around them and attack them in front of the balsam trees. 
And as soon as you can hear the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees, move out to battle because that will mean God has gone out in front of you to strike down the Philistine army. So David did as God commanded him, and they struck down the Philistine army all the way from Gibeon to Gazar. And so David's fame spread throughout every land, and the Lord made all the nations fear him. Wow, what a scripture. What's, what important lessons we can learn about victory. You know, the dictionary uh, defines breakthrough as an offensive thrust that penetrates and carries beyond a defensive line in warfare. It's a sudden advance in knowledge or technique. It's moving through an obstruction. It also says that it disrupts the continuity and flow of an old system to bring to an end and to bring something new up. Now, the word Belparazim comes from a word word, uh, in the Hebrew that's uh, pronounced parats. Parats means to break out. It means to burst out. It means to grow, to increase, to be opened. The word has to do with breaking out of a prison-like structure and growing in something, increasing in any area, and going through an opening that which has been shut up. We, we have been shut up as a church. And the, and the world has tried to shut up the church. With COVID and all this other garbage. And now it's time for the church to come on the scene again. There's been a sifting. There's been a shifting. And now the church of Jesus Christ is rising up. This church is the most important thing that can happen to Clarksville. There are many other great churches, but I'm telling you, God's idea is this church. This is his idea. A breakthrough is going to need God's intervention. We're going to need God's help. A breakthrough requires divine enablement. And we see in the Bible on several occasions that God broke through for his people on many times. In fact, remember the story in the Bible of Moses when, his, when he looked out and he saw, he saw the Red Sea and God told him to lift up his hands and he lifted up his hands and he parted the Red Sea and the Hebrew people walked across on dry land yeah. heading into the promised land. Remember that story? You remember the story of Joshua when they said they were going to go into the land flowing with milk and honey and the Jordan River stood before them and uh, the Lord said, Joshua, consecrate yourself because tomorrow I'm going to do amazing things. And they walked across the Jordan River on dry land and uh, went into the promised land. You remember that story? God broke through impossible situations and parted the waters. I'm declaring that God will do the same for you. God is going to cause a breakthrough in some of the most difficult situations in your life. Can I hear a grunt or an amen or something? Let's don't play church this morning. Let's say I'm going to the next level. Look, I may be simple, but I'm not dumb. I don't want to go through the hell that I just went through. Come 
I'm ready to go into the promised land. And all it takes, if I look at David's example, this strategy of victory just takes obedience. Am I talking to anybody in here? I'm ready. For God to move you through to the place of victory, I want to show you five things that I pulled out of these verses here. Can I share them with you this morning? I'm ready for victory. And I, and I know I walk in victory. I'm not fighting for victory. I'm fighting from a place of victory. The victory's already been provided for me. But man, you gotta, we're in a world here that is corrupt. And we're going to have to make sure that we look at this thing David did, take some of Jesus' examples that I'll show you in this thing, and let's walk this out. For God to move you to the, to the place of victory, I want you to notice what happened in these verses in 1 Chronicles chapter 14, verse 1. Number one, God will send friends into your life. God will send people into your life that will help you. God's sending people into your life to help you. So we must not become so familiar with the people in our lives that we forget that God may have brought those people in your life for that day of adversity that you will face. Yes. Yes. Now, when you become familiar with them, you can't receive from them. And so when you begin to degrade the value of those that God's brought into your life, you diminish the gift that they've been given to bless you. And then when you can't hear from them anymore and you don't want to hear that anymore, oh, he's always talking about that or she's always saying that. I know she's calling me out in that. Then you leave. Well, God brought me here. Man, God loves me. Well, this is a place, this is an oasis in Clarksville. And then all of a sudden, you become familiar with them and they come with a little command and listen, we can't do that anymore. Well, why they say that again? They do it somewhere else. And then you start getting really uh, familiar with them and you can't receive from them anymore. I can't wait to, I'm not going to die. I can't wait to get out of here. And you think of the job, you think of the church, wherever. Once, you, once you're turned off, man, you can't receive anymore because you become familiar but wait a minute. Did God bring that person into your life? Oh, we love that season talk. We love the season. Well, it was for a season. It was for a season. Season's over. Hmm. I got the same Bible he has. I'm all good now. And then, you know what? And then we get just too big for our britches. Amen. Grunt and amen, something. I'm not not trying to be naughty. Something else I noticed about this verse. Watch this. The Bible says, let's look at it. Verse one, look what it says. Now, Haram king of Tyre sent messengers to David. Who did he send? Messengers. And what did they bring with them? Cedar logs, stonemasons, carpenters. Look, I don't know. I don't know much about a cedar log. I don't know. I don't know how to be a stonemason. God will bring people into David's life to help him to do what? It says that the carpenters came to build a palace for him. 
God is sending people in your life to help you, to, to, to encourage you. When you go through that difficult time, you're going to need more encouragement. You're going to need that friend in your life. Man, begin to honor the people that are around you. And then David go, it goes on to say that, verse 2, and David knew that the Lord had established him as king. He knew it. He knew that the Lord established him as king over Israel and that his kingdom had been highly exalted. Why? For the sake of the people of Israel. David realized that becoming king was not for his own sake and for his own glory, but for the sake of God's people. I'm willing to sign up and say yes to the Lord. I'm willing to do this. I'm willing to go through the pain. I'm willing to go through the betrayal. I'm willing to go through what my sons are going to do to me. I'm willing to go through it all for the sake of God's people. I'm called. He, he knew, see, a true leader understands his appointment isn't for him. How do I look in this suit, y'all? Do you like this tie? How about my shoes? You like them? Do I look good up here? That ain't what it's about. It's for the sake of the people. That God would construct a church in his infinite mercy and, and call out this church, Faith Outreach Church, to be here to bring life to you so you don't put a gun in your mouth. So you won't give up. So you won't give up. So you won't give up. So you won't quit. Could God have these two people who have gone through blood, sweat, and tears, and lies, and, and bring you to a place where they could Use the gift that God has given them to make your life better. Amen. David realized, that word realized, David knew. David knew. He realized. He, it was an epiphany. Yes, it was. His eyes open and go, I'm king. Through observation, through recognition, David understood and he accepted convinced he wasn't king because of himself, but that he was appointed by God. So God sends people into the leader's life to help him. You know why? God sends people into the leader's life to help him to serve so he can better serve God's people. David wasn't the one out there chopping cedar logs. David wasn't the one building. God sent people into his life to help him build. See, when the people help the leader get free, the leader can help other people get free. Soon as I stepped on the parking lot here, someone came, I'm sorry, I just don't know his name. I forgot his name at the moment. And he came so kind. I I, I love this man. He He took my briefcase, Mylon. Ronnie took my briefcase. Now, now I can carry my briefcase. I'm 200 and... Uh, um, and I can carry my briefcase. And I, I, got, I got two guys now at our church that pastor, we got your briefcase. They're armor bearers. El Greco was a big part of encouraging that. And I'm like, I can carry my briefcase. But I let them. And do you know what I can do with two hands? 
that I couldn't do with one? I'm able to shake hands. I'm able to reach out to people. I'm able to love people better. When you help your pastor, you're helping other people. See, David knew, realized that God sent people to help him because God anointed him as king to serve the people. Amen. That's good. You know, Psalm 78, I love this scripture, great leadership scripture. Psalm 78, David wrote this. He says, with upright heart, he shepherded them. That means with integrity, he shepherded them and guided them with his skillful hand. Isn't that great? And, I, and so here's what we're declaring. You know, this has been a quite a monumental weekend. I got a little extra time this service, they said. So we, we take this to heart, y'all. We're in. Uh, Julie just turned in her letter of resignation to her school. And we're taking it to a whole nother level. We're just being obedient. We're taking a whole, oh, there's, there, there, we don't see everything out there. We don't see all the steps to take right now, but we're going to take the step, first step by faith. And we're stepping out there. And we're going to watch God do amazing things. Who knows? Y'all might see more of me. I think I am coming back here in March with Julie and she's got a tea. But God, praise God. That's the way it's supposed to be. I think about this church and I think about our church and I think God's forming a team. God's bringing together an alliance. You cannot win this war on your own. You need people in your life. They're going to help you fight. Look beside you right now. You need people in your life. Can I, Kelly? <laughs> Let's go. Come on. Listen. <laughs> if they'll gossip to you, they'll gossip about you. Yes. 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 Don't think you got an ear. Don't, don't think you got, no, oh man, we have, we have, if, they, if they're going to sit here and talk bad about you, about someone, uh, they just need the right atmosphere before they start talking bad about you. Anyway, point number two, am I helping anybody today? Surround yourself with people who love God. Surround yourself with people who care about you. Surround yourself with people who cause you to grow. Surround yourself with people who bring healing into your life. I'm telling you, Julie's leaving a lot of money on the table getting out of of education. I mean, there's retirement. There's there's other things in motion. We're leaving money on the table. But you know what? God said he'll take care of all my needs according to his riches and glory. So I'm just going to trust him. Amen. Amen. Surround yourself with people who bring healing into your life. Do y'all know that story in the Bible? In Mark chapter two, I won't turn to it. I won't read it all. It might take a little time, but you can put that down and do that as your homework assignment. In Mark chapter two, Jesus was just sitting in a house eating a camel burger. I have to see it this way. He just eating a camel burger and, and talking about the Bible and preaching some and uh, praying for the sick. And uh, these four guys heard that Jesus was doing this. 
And so they knew they had a friend that was a paralytic. And so what did they do? They said, I got an idea. They said, let's go take him to Jesus. And so all of them got on four corners of that mat and they took him to Jesus. And when they got to the house where Jesus was in there, it was full of people hearing him preach and seeing him. And so they couldn't get in. And so um, one of them, I, I would imagine this is probably Pastor William. One of them said, um, I've been up on the roof. I know there's a crack up in the roof. Let's go up on the roof. <laughs> and they go, no, we can't do that. I probably say, no, no, we got to do the right thing. No, we got to do the right thing. We can't do it. No, come on, let's go on the roof. And they took that man, that paralytic, up on the roof. And uh, you know what they did? They broke a hole in the roof. They tore it open. And then they lowered that paralytic. Do you have someone like that in your life? They lowered that paralytic right in front of Jesus and Jesus, I just, I have to, this is the way I imagine things. Maybe this is what's wrong with me. I don't know. But Jesus took that camel burger and he saw him coming through the roof and they came on down, lowered that man there. I'm sure Jesus put his burger down, wiped his mustard off his face and said, and smiled. And you know what the Bible says? That man really did nothing. Right. Except for let four men carry him uh-huh. into the presence of God. Yes. Yes. Who are you bringing into the presence of God? Shama. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Who are you bringing? Who? What? Paralytic in the mind. Paralytic in the heart. Paralytic in the soul. Paralytic in the legs. Who are you bringing to God's house? Come on. You. Commissioned by your pastors, William and Ginger Luffman, are on a mission to reach the lost. Bring, they brought that man there. Jesus got up, wiped the mustard off his mouth, looked around, looked at the paralytic, and looked at the four. And he said, when, and the Bible says, when he saw their faith, faith. not that guy, he goes, man, that's impressive. Y'all tore up this house. That's good. (laughs) <laughs> I'd like to see the owner's reaction, right? I'm never, ha- I'm never hosting another party with Jesus again. I'm not hosting another party. And what happened was, they, they, that man said, rise up and be healed. That man stood up and was healed that hour. You need friends in your life. David had people could help him. And you need people in your life. I know you're John Wayne. You can do it yourself. You don't need nobody to carry your briefcase. And you know what? By God, I can do it all myself. And none. But you need people in your life to help you get that pride out. Because if you want to go to, some people don't want to go to the next level. But you're going to go to the next level. God's going to send people in your life to help you. Amen. You need to stay connected with those friends. You need to stay planted in that place. And you need to look around and see who you're traveling with and saying, are they are leaners or lifters? Come on. Are they leaners or lifters? Number two, I'll just move on. Number two, look, you need people in your life that are going to help you. David showed us that. Number two, strategy for victory. Understand that God has established you. Look what the Bible says here in 14.2. It says, David knew that the Lord had established him as king over Israel and that his kingdom had been highly exalted for the sake of people of Israel. David knew that God had established him. Because of his relationship and his intimacy with God, David understood with confidence that God made him king 
Therefore, David stood in the place with boldness and confidence. God wants us to understand we are established. We're on this earth. He set the boundaries of your life to be right here in 2022. He ordained your time to be in this moment. And you know what? Many of us, we drugged ourselves in here and we're beat up from the feet up. We're tired, we're miserable, we're scared, we're fearful, if we were to be honest with each other. But you know what? God wants you to know today, he's established your life. Don't quit. Psalm 112 starts off this way. It says, blessed is a person who fears the Lord and is happy to obey his commands. Then it drops down in verse 7 and it says, he will not be afraid of evil things. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established and he will not be afraid until he sees his desire upon his enemies. Another version says, in the end, he will look triumphantly over his enemies. Amen. I don't know, that just gets my blood going a little bit. You know why? Because I actually believe this. Because God established my life. Psalm 112 is just a simple picture of those hearts who are established in God's word. They're not afraid of evil things. They're not afraid of bad news. They're not afraid of contradictory evidence that they see before them. They're not moved by the woes and cares and the pressures of this world. Their hearts are fixed. Their hearts are settled and they're trusting in the Lord. I want you to grasp this truth. As a believer, you can live in the midst of turmoil and chaos and pressures of this world without being shaken. You can live without fear when you choose to trust the Lord has established you. God put me here so I ain't going to be afraid of COVID. I got a job to do. God put me in this church. I'm not going to listen to the negative things or whatever. I'm not going to be moved. I'm established by God. Um, Paul understood that. You know, the Bible says we are established by the word of God. Quick scripture. Now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. And the revelation and of the mystery which has been kept secret for long ages past that manifested through the scriptures of the prophets. That means the word establishes me. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I can have what God says I can have. You know, he was speaking to his country, but God says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. I take it. You know, the Bible says in Ephesians 2.10, we're God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he planned long before we were born. Drink that in for a minute. This is, this is, you are God's idea. You're his workmanship. You're his, his, like, like an artist painting on a canvas. God created your life and purposed it to do great things. Amen. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says for every child of God defeats this evil world 
and we achieve victory through our faith. And the one who can win this battle against the world, only those who believe Jesus is the son of God. There you go. Number four, we're moving right along. We want victory in our life. I, I look at David and I see that David, he allowed people to help him accomplish the vision. No, I got this. No, I got this. No, you don't. Let people help you get it together. And then one day you're going to be able to say, look what we got. Look what we did. And God's wanting people to bring with you. Yeah, definitely. God's bringing people in your life. And understand that God has established you. Amen. Uh, number four, building and battling our normal experiences in the life of walking in faith. I skip point number three because we could combine them together. Number three is the enemy will fight for you. The enemy will fight you, I should say. They're, the enemy's come to kill, steal, and destroy. So we see the Philistine army kept fighting, kept battling, would not give up. So understand that the enemy will fight you. And this is, this is a good time to put on the armor of God. This is a good time to know how to fight. Put that sword of the spirit in your hand and begin to swing it. Use the word of God. Put on that shield of faith so you can stand up against any adversity that comes your way. God wants to use you. Say it. God wants to use me. And he wants you to have the, he wants you to have the armor on so you can stand up against any strategy, any wiles that the enemy is going to bring your way. And as I said, number four, you know, Jesus, you know, Jesus was in the desert. And the devil came to tempt him three times. Mm -hmm. 40 days and 40 nights, our Savior was praying and fasting. And the devil came to tempt him. And every time the devil came to pull him off his mission, Jesus fought the devil and won with the word of God. It is written. Three times that happened. And you know what happened after the third time? Jesus finished up his fast. And he started to come out of the desert, that that dry place. And the devil left him too. But the Bible says that the devil left him for another, until another opportune time. He didn't give up on him. You need to know how to fight these battles instead of going, oh, why is this always happening to me? Oh, here it comes again. I don't know why this is always happening to me. You know what? Don't consider it something weird when the enemy comes against you. You're anointed. You're a king. You are royalty. You are one of God's children. And the enemy wants to take you out. Number four, building and battling are normal experiences in the life of a Christian walking in faith. You know, the Bible says, uh, Peter, on this church, I will, on, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Amen. On this rock, I will build, someone say build. build, build this church, my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail on battling. There's building and battling that always takes place in the church. Yes. We're battling a culture right now that wants to shut us down. We're battling a culture right now that wants to pervert the doctrine yeah. and the Bible. We're battling a culture right now that wants us to change so they'll accept us. Yeah. But we can't. We must stay true to the word of God. Amen. 
Number five, if it worked before, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work again. David, we see this in 1 Chronicles chapter 14. David, when he heard the Philistines, heard that David had been anointed king. You know, the, the enemy's after anointed people. The enemy's after your pastors. You know why? Because they're anointed. Because they're established. God's selected them. And there are people that don't like that. Well, I love when I get around Pastor William. Uh, he likes to tell the stories about his humble beginnings and I love those because I have somewhat similar humble beginnings as well and I love to see how God can use somebody that the world doesn't think deserves it I love well where'd you come from where'd you graduate from what president do you know and they think that knowing someone like that qualifies us I'm sorry friend they don't qualify me. They may acknowledge me, but it's Jesus that qualified me. Am I helping somebody today? If it worked before, it doesn't necessarily mean it will work this time. Look what the Bible says. Uh, Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over all Israel, and they went up in full force. That's why you feel like all hell's breaking loose in your life because the enemy is sending his full force against you. Uh-uh, you ain't going to get that girl saved. I'm going to take you out before she gets saved because I got some devil work to do. In that. And see, and that's when the enemy comes against you, but you know what? You keep pushing forward. You don't yeah. quit. David had been anointed king over all Israel and they went up in full force to search for him. But David heard about it and went out. If you just quiet and listen and be sensitive to God's voice, you're going to hear him speak. He'll warn you. It doesn't the Bible say the Holy Spirit warns you of things to come? I think he does. But David heard about it and went out to meet them. And now the Philistines had come again and raided the valley. So David inquired of God, shall I go and attack the Philistines? Will you hand them over to me? The Lord said, go, I will hand them over to you. Now watch this. The Bible goes on to say in verse 13, once more the Philistines raided the valley. So David inquired again. So you would think, well, listen, here they come again. Let me just do what I did last time because it worked. But David was smart enough to go back on his knees and get before God and say, now how you want me to do it? They're coming again. And God gave him a different instruction. He says, do not go straight up this time, but circle around and attack them in front of the balsam trees. As soon as you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees, move out to battle because that will mean God has gone out in front of you to strike the Philistine army down. So what does this mean? You know, we're going to have to break the mold a little bit. Yes. Maybe you're going to have to take your hands off the back of that chair there and worship. Come on. I'm Am I helping anybody? Listen. Um, you know why? Because I'll tell you, that worship team, man, that young man got me going. And, and, and your singer, your, your worship leader, whew, come on now. Something's going on in this place. Be sensitive to God's voice. How do you get sensitive to God's voice? You have to spend time with him. Yep. Well, I'm too busy. Well, you, you, could, you could get out of God's perfect will then if you're too busy. You yep. could step into something. You were never supposed to step in, never supposed to marry. You just got to make sure that you're in God's perfect will and he will reveal things to you just by spending time with him. David checked with God before every major decision he made. We should follow David's example. Yes. Amen? Yes. So, uh, 
Let me come down here. I want to I want to close by just being real personal with you. Um, David understood God's heart. Yes. He, lo- he he loved God. And so what's going to be required of you and me in this next season as our church has marched forward is we're going to have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Yes. We're going to have to move with God. Yes. We're going to have to surround our leaders and support what God's wanting to do in the local church. Sometimes, you know, uh, some people want a ship to go a little faster and want it to turn a little quicker. Come on. But you know what? It, it, this, 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 is, this is a huge place. And it takes time to get everybody on board to move this direction and that direction, which shows you the skill of your leaders and shows you the hardships that they face. But we're going to have to draw closer to the heart of God, every single one of you, and be on board what God's got to do. Amen. Let's be sensitive to the voice of God. God wants to move in this place. the, The altars are going to be filled again. The church chairs are going to be filled again. The mission to move forward is an activation now. You are about to see the greatest days at Faith Outreach Church. I I would have been a little louder there if I were you. you, You're about to see the greatest days at Faith Outreach Church at Clarksville coming. In Jesus' name. Amen. So... How did, how did I get there, right? So I, I never, I've never fought a war. I've never put on a uniform. I've uh, never, never started a company that reaches millions of people with some device I created. But I've, I've been in battle. And, I, 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 you know, we all, we all got wounds somewhere, right? We can yeah. show each other our scars. Uh, and, but I am so excited about what God has for me in the future. And my family. I have four daughters and they're all at church, at home, serving the Lord right now. One of them gave announcements today. God loves me. I I feel it right now, standing before you. God loves me. I know that God loves you. But God really loves me. I, I, I'm, I'm not kidding. He really, really, he loves you, but he really loves me. You know what the Bible says? I think y'all know this verse. The Bible says, for God so loved Alan. Oh, no, I'm serious. For God so loved Alan. See, it says the world, but where do I live? I live in the world. So I just personalized it. Yes. See, one of the things I do when I read my Bible, I try to put my, my pronoun in there, yes. my name in there. Yes. I try to make it personal. For God so loved Alan that he gave his one and only son. And if Alan believes in him, Alan will not perish, but have everlasting life. Yeah. Yeah. Je- listen, listen, listen. Jesus died for me. Now you make it personal. Yes. Now you do. You want some victory? This is going to establish you. Yes. Jesus, say it. Jesus died for me. Say it. Jesus, Jesus died for me. How do you honor a man that died for you? 
How do you honor a man that put it all on the line for you? Yeah, yeah. You just praise him. Are you the are you the praise leader? Are you the worship leader? God's going to use you in a mighty way. Amen. Don't ever think that you're second fiddle. You are leading well. And God's going to use you in this church. Amen. I saw what you did up there. And I saw how you bring other people around you. Is that young man and his sister here? Are they there? Where's he? Oh, man, wow, you too. Now, I teach high school, so I just love young people. I love, I love, all of us are young in here today, amen. Amen. <laughs> but wow, you really put a charge in my heart to see you do that song. Man, some brothers do that song live, and you did that song great. <laughs> you know what? I mean, you got it. And you are y'all, your sisters, Brothers and sisters, good job. Man, don't stop. I know Pastor William was telling me, y'all travel far to get here. Don't. You, you helped with the leadership here. You helped take this thing. You, you, it, it went up some like this. You know what I mean? And I, don't, I, don't wanna, I hope that didn't sound so insulting of anything that's been gone before. But remember, we're building. We thank God for anybody coming here and help put a brick up. Right? But something is going on. I, I, I'm, here, I'm here just to be as confused as you. Uh, something's going on and I don't know. I'm, but I'm walking in it. Now, I'm not confused. I know, who, I know who I belong to. There's one more thing I want to tell you, and I promised a couple of you stayed. There's one more thing I want to tell you. And I, I think I want to pray for some people. I got liberty from pastors to, to pray for some people. So um, being established, I, I became established in God's word and his love for me right? And one more thing happened when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, when I said, Jesus is Lord. And I believe that God raised him from the dead and that he's alive. Something else happened. Somebody came and took up residence in my body. Yes. This is a fact. Yes. And I'm not talking about demon possession. I'm talking about God possession. Something happened. Look, I just love to lift weights and I love to play sports. If you can kick it and throw it and shoot it, I, I love doing that. I may not look like it right now, but I'm getting back there. And, and I'm just a regular guy. I like the New Orleans Saints. And uh, come on, somebody help me, please. Help me, help me, help me. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you won't even believe this. So I just go, I'm chasing the shiny thing. I'm chasing the shiny thing. I'll get back over there a little bit. But uh, I, I, we slept in their house and uh, he had the bedroom. He goes, let's go up to the bedroom. And he had little two packages for me and two packages for Julie. And Julie opened hers. It was a beautiful gift that she received from Pastor Ginger. And Pastor, grinning like the Cheshire cat. Open that one, open that one, open that one. And so I took off the, little tissue paper and I, oh, I, I opened it and it was a mini saint's helmet with Drew Brees' signature on it. I'm like, how did you get that? He goes, I got my ways. I got my ways. And it's authenticated and it's from Drew Brees himself. Signed by, man. 
When I tell you they blessed us, I'm not exaggerating. They, yeah, I mean, they did take us to Taco Bell last night, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> no, we wanted it. We wanted it. We're simple. But we gave the taco just as good as anybody else. Yeah. Oh, and the patties. Have y'all been to patties? Is Miss Patties in this church? Patties. Let's call her in. Father God. <laughs> Someone came to live inside of me. It was the Holy Spirit. Did y'all know that I'm born again, blood-bought, spirit-filled? With the evidence of speaking in tongues. And, And I teach public high school. Yeah, you need to pray in tongues in a public high school. I do. I'm that crazy teacher. And so, here's the deal. There's three. There's there's three primary reasons the Spirit of God comes to dwell in us. Three primary. I'm gonna close with this. There's three primary reasons the Spirit of God comes to dwell in us. Oh, there's multiple. We can make the list of 21. But there's three primary. Number one, he comes to indwell in you. That's right. That's to make you born again. Mm-hmm. Come to live inside of you. He comes to indwell in the believer. And why does he come to live in me? To make me more like Christ. Yes. That's where the fruit of the spirit begins to produce. Yes. Follow me. That's why the Holy Spirit comes to live in you to make you more like Jesus. That's right. And so you have the fruit of the spirit in operation. You should look less like the world and more like Jesus. You should not look like you did last year. You you should be growing in him, right? Not only does he come to indwell in you, he comes to empower you. We saw that in Acts chapter two, right? The spirit of God poured out on the church. Why is that? Not so we can have a goose bump and fall down, but that's so we can be a mission to the earth. He gives us the gifts of the spirit to minister in the local church, to help people that come in here. That, that, that empowering is to go preach the gospel in other places because we're in a persecuted world that persecutes Christians. So we've got to be empowered yes. with his yes. unction to go out in the world. Yes. And, the, and the last reason we'll go over is to guide you. Yes. The Holy Spirit has come in your life to guide you. Remember what the Bible says in John chapter 14 and John chapter 16. It's the spirit of God that will reveal reveal things to you that you do not know. know And he speaks what the father tells him. So the Holy Spirit is in direct line of communication with the father. And whatever the father is saying, the Holy Spirit will communicate that to you. And if you're sensitive enough, you will sense God's guidance. You will hear his spirit leading you into places. The Bible says that we're not to be led by the flesh, but to be led by the Spirit. Who's leading us? The Holy Spirit. So there is a time when you become so close and so intimate and so focused on uh, God and become sensitive to him that he begins to show you new ways, new direction. No, don't go that way. Go that way. No, we're going to do this one a little bit different. We're not changing doctrine. We're not changing the Bible. We're not changing the mission of our church. But